forget about us. Put the blame Greetings and salutations, me. everyone. My name is Patrick Hamilton, and welcome to the Amazon Women on the Moon segment by segment podcast. Um, I am very grateful today uh, to have on as a guest uh, from the Home Video Hustle podcast, the one and only Brent. How are you doing today, Brent? I'm doing good. Happy to be here. It's been a while since I've seen this movie, so it was nice to be able to have a reason to go back and watch it again. (laughs) That is true for me, too. This was very much a staple of when, um, because I am a very old man, Uh, when this came out on home video, um, it was just one of those things I gravitated to uh, without any context for anything that was Mm -hmm. happening there. And uh, we'll learn later why I am so connected to this particular segment, even though I I did not ask for it. I was assigned it. (laughs) Um, and why wouldn't you assign me, a, a, a white man of a certain age, uh, this particular segment? Uh, but uh, this is it's always had a, a warm feeling for it. Uh, how are you introduced to Amazon Women on the Moon? Honestly, my grandmother, she was at her house. She always had all the HBOs and Cinemaxes and everything. So I would go over there and I would just go through all of them. And I, I was I think it was actually like kind of late at night too, almost like how the movie is. And it's, mm-hmm. I was just flipping through channels and I came across... I just seen Arsenio Hall just getting fucked up. <laughs> and I was like, what is what is this? And then I, I just sat and watched the whole entire movie. And I was probably only like at least like 13, 14 years old watching and mm-hmm. loved it back then. That Arsenio Hall segment, um, I think about it all the time. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've said out loud, ain't no fucking Thelma here. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably. And the thing is, like, this is such a, a cold object. It's a cult object of a cult object. Mm-hmm. Like, I think more people have seen Kentucky Fried Movie than have yeah. seen this. And it's funny because I've never seen Kentucky Fried Movie before, but I've seen this a bunch of times. This might set your expectations too high for Kentucky Fried Movie. It suffers some of the same pitfalls. I mean, I think anything with sketch is catch as catch can. Because mm-hmm. as a, an art form, as a comedy art form, it just can't be solid all the way through. Yeah. Um, but I do think this has a a really banger opening half an hour of segments uh that is is hard to top. And I think uh Kentucky Fried Movie has a more difficult position when it comes to its inherent racism <laughs> versus oh. uh yeah. I, I don't I don't believe the Asian American or Asian communities come off particularly well oh, in that uh, you're looking at people making fun of uh, wushu cinema um, as a thing that they enjoy, but they're making the first draft jokes about it mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And obviously I just don't think you have a lot of input from the performers on how they want that to be portrayed or any conversation about that. So, you know, that was the I, 70s too, wasn't it? Yes, uh-huh. right. And we're playing a lot faster and looser. I mean, the whole, you know, can you make this movie today bullshit argument is like, well, you know, make better fucking jokes and you can make any movie you want. Right. But uh, now we're going to <laughs> walk, walk headlong into yet another white person's interpretation of someone else's <laughs> experience uh, of being of color in this country. Um, and that starts, uh, you know, with the writers, the, the writers are the same uh, writers for the entire movie, as far as I'm aware. Um, and the director here uh, for this particular segment is, of course, 
uh, unjailed manslaughter enthusiast John Landis. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's fucking true. Um, I don't have a body count included in my IMDb. His does. Um, <laughs> and so um, part of uh, this here, I, I just don't think it lives. Now, we're going to give this individual somewhat of, of short shrift here. Mm-hmm. But you don't have a segment like this without David Allen Greer. No, he's, he definitely makes it. I mean, and uh, we just a brief, uh, you know, uh, explainer for people. Greer uh, or Dag, as he would come to be known in a short-lived NBC sitcom, um, <laughs> is an incredible comedic presence. Uh, he's a Yale drama grad. Uh, he began his professional career on Broadway in productions of Dreamgirls, Streamers, A Soldier Story. He would go on to appear in the film version of A Soldier Story as well, mm-hmm. uh, which if you have not seen, run, do not walk. Yeah, it's buy great. it right now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, his appearance in this film uh, would lead him to another uh, spoof film, uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans' black exploitation spoof, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. You go buy um, that right now too. Yes, <laughs> uh, there's some amazing it, that film. I don't think gets enough credit for mm. reviving a lot of careers. Mm. Um, there's a lot of great comedic performances in there by uh, by black actors who had kind of been in a rut, a TV led rut, mm. um, and it just gives them a runway to fly, and they're great. And of course, off of that film. He gets cast in In Living Color and goes on to become a perennial performer on stage, screen, uh, small and large. Um, But if we talk too much about him, we won't have anything to say in the following segment of Don No Sold Simmons' uh, record. So we'll hold off on that. Um, But uh, basically, the synopsis for this is, as of the time, uh, you know, we have all seen the commercials that run on local television and cable of uh, charities um, that rehabilitate uh, various uh, uh, groups, whether that is uh, hunger for those uh, overseas or uh, dogs, let's say dog shelters with, uh, you know, mournful music in the background. And this (laughs) is of that vein. Um, And it's hosted by uh, B.B. King. Did you know that every seven minutes a black person is born in this country without soul? Hello, I'm B.B. King. Won't you help Don Simmons and the thousands of others that suffer from this tragic disorder? Its cruel symptoms can strike anyone. Let's take a look. The legendary blues guitarist and singer um, who reportedly um, his dedication to his children and grandchildren to go to college meant he would say yes to any job because he <laughs> needed that much money to send all those children to college. Um, sadly, we lost B.B. King in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get to see him in concert a couple times. I don't know if you ever did. I never did. That's what's up, though. I don't, I don't remember him ever really being in concert when I was coming up, honestly. Um, I, you know, I, I think I caught him at the Hollywood bowl during, during a blues festival here. And also weirdly enough in Portland, Oregon, when we mm. were just driving up the coast, um, he was in a, a, a blues festival there, um, in which we 
if I remember correctly, we went to go get food. And when we came back to where our chairs were, they were moved back (laughs) because people couldn't see. Now, we were all the way in the back, and they moved us three rows farther back than that Uh, while we had got sausages. So, B.B. King was not responsible for this. I just want to come (laughs) out and say that. So, B.B. King came out there and moved the chairs out the way. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, everybody. Um, And the the other thing that I know B.B. King a lot from, because he had a perchance to say yes to a lot of opportunities, Mm -hmm. was uh, the uh, Bo Nose commercials, the Nike commercials. Oh, yeah. Um, I had a T-shirt with him on it that said Bo Nose, and I think I wore it my entire junior year of high school. (laughs) That is how old I am. Um, I forgot but, about those commercials because when I think of those commercials, I think there's a Tribe Called Quest song and the lyric goes, Bo knows this and Bo know that, but yeah. Bo don't know Jack because Bo can't rap. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man. Tribe Called Quest. God damn it. I love that. Go love. buy that right now. That's on electric relaxation, that lyric, right? It's the first of the bat. Nobody was included. And that's a check the rhyme. Check the rhyme. Damn. I had to play it for a second in my head. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was like trying to place the beat exactly because the, the samples are. No, I'm sorry. That's out. not checked around. That's scenario. That's scenario. Okay. So Dayla's on that. Damn. Uh, Say scenario. Who's on? That's uh, them leaders of the new school. New school. Yeah. Char- Charlie yeah. Brown. That That is a that is a flow I can't get behind. It's Charlie Brown. I don't mean to. to, to Come down on the guy who has who's had the least successful career out of anyone on that track. But yeah. Also, uh, one of the best segments ever of the Arsenio Hall show is mm-hmm. them doing that song. You can you can feel uh the temperature and the vibe of the country switch. It's so fucking cool that anyone watching it would go, I want to know everything about everyone on that stage. Mm-hmm. That's how fucking off. The chain. I don't know if we're allowed to swear. Oh, sorry about that. No, I I don't know, and I'm going to assume that we can until told otherwise. This is what you get. Um, What's but I'm not going to not in? swear while talking about <laughs> leaders of the new school in a yeah. tribe quest and De La Soul. Um, okay, so uh, the other component, I guess, um, before we get into the re- well, let's get into the rest of the cast. Um, and then we can talk about it as a whole. Um, we're, we're, we meet several other people who BB tells us are also affected uh, as blacks without soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first couple we meet is Bill Bryant and Roxy Roker. Uh, Bill Bryant <laughs> is listed as male Republican. Uh, <laughs> I think the Republican Party has done one heck of a job. Don't you, June? I'll say, Ward. We Republicans have turned this country around. <laughs> Bryant was uh, 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 mainly a TV actor. He worked for decades in Hollywood. Uh, sadly, this was Mr. Bryant's final on-screen performance. Aww. Um, and he won't be the last. It's very weird. And he's paired with a uh, quote-unquote female Republican played by <laughs> Roxy Roker. Now, someone my age might say that Roxy's best known for her role uh, on The Jeffersons. Mm-hmm. But she's probably better known by everyone else as the mother of Lenny Kravitz and now grandmother of Catwoman, Zoe Kravitz. See, I didn't even know that. I knew about the Jeffersons, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, generationally, this is a very hot family. 
like they're <laughs> these are attractive fucking people mm-hmm. just and it all comes from roxy roker she is a gorgeous woman so now i gotta go back so you see i was looking at the segment like on my phone while i was at work i gotta pull it up on the tv now <laughs> Just look up a picture of Roxy Roker. She was on television for a reason. She is a very attractive woman. Um, And obviously that came down. Like the best parts of her just run the gamut down to Zoe Kravitz. So, and Lenny, no slouch. I don't care how many scarves he's wearing walking down the street. He's a very attractive fella. Um, And (laughs) this, of course... um, Evoking a moment in time in this country where um, <laughs> we're sold out by boomers. I know people can't understand this. Uh, this feels very weird now. But boomers 100% sold us all out uh, and voted for Ronald K. I don't know what this fucking middle name was. Reagan, um, <laughs> oh, a person who stole uh, all the riches of this country and shoveled it up. Uh, to millionaires who would then become billionaires, something I, neither of us, I'm sure, can relate to. No. No. <laughs> uh, but, uh, the line of that of that one is that uh, that we've really turned this country around uh, on a golf course. <laughs> oh, God. It, it legitimately brought back memories of like the last few years watching this segment. Yeah. I've known it's, people like this. I mean, it's, it, it is entirely wild that no matter how far back you go mm-hmm. to this, that it is still relevant. <laughs> yeah. And yet wildly out of touch, but very much in touch. It's kind of crazy. It's hard to explain. I, I, there was multiple segments like this where I was watching. I'm like, damn, this is still, even though this came out like, what, 87? Yes. <laughs> it's still hitting in 2020. Or I'm sorry, almost said <laughs> Very see, much so. I still got used to saying 2022, so I almost said 2021 again. I've been having to catch myself <laughs> all week. We're only six days into it. It's to be expected. Uh, It only gets worse the older that you get. I'm sorry to say. Oh, I Um, think the worst thing I ever did was it was in 2019. I was put in 2015. I don't know why I jumped so far back. (laughs) Nines and fives. What are numbers anymore? What do they mean? I was never good at math. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's not in your skill set. It's not mine. My my fingers are not surgeons' hands. They write words. So... (laughs) Our, our next little segment, we meet Lee Terry, uh, who is listed as pimp. Uh, so. Safety and good knowledge are the two things I looked for in a new car. That's why I bought a Volvo station wagon. You can really tell that this is this, this segment is in touch uh, with the community and the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Lee has an incredible voice. Yeah. Uh, it just, as soon as you hear him talk, you're like, oh, I would listen to him talk all the time. And see, more so in his voice, I just, of course, because I watch a lot of 70s movies, I was looking at his mm-hmm. outfit and I'm like, he he almost looks like he's dressed like an office dude that just put on like a little fedora. Like, it don't really <laughs> have the pimp quality to it, in my opinion. <laughs> like, look at this and then go watch like Willie Dynamite. <laughs> you'll see what I'm talking about. Like a car salesman with a fedora on. 
I think that is legitimately the vibe that he is going for, though. I think yeah. that he is he is giving a performance here, and <laughs> I think is entirely successful, even if if the styling is slightly off for 1987. This is m- much more in line with the costume that uh, would be rejected from "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker." Exactly, it's just a little too tailored. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Uh, eh. Uh, yeah, I don't know that you would get uh, walked into the player's ball in this particular outfit. Let's say that. Yeah, you're not Mac of the Year with this outfit. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, now, Lee came onto the scene, the 76 black exploitation classic Brotherhood of Death, a film I've still only seen 15 minutes of. Um, and I knew him uh, in my life as Dudley's dad on different strokes. I've never seen an episode of that show. I have to don't it, one. it oh, well. fucking sucks. <laughs> See, I always, I didn't want to say that because I didn't know how many different stroke fans might be over here listening. <laughs> but I, I always thought know. it sucks. Yeah, I don't know if there's a different strokes nation out there that's that, that, that rides strong for that particular show. Uh, I'm sorry if I come under ire for besmirching <laughs> their favorite thing in the universe. You know, you can have it. That's great for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have n- I watched probably every episode and don't remember <laughs> any of it outside of I think Deadly's close call with uh, a molester. There you go. I was just about to say that says a lot when that's the one episode anybody remembers. Yeah, nobody talks about anything else. Yes, <laughs> uh, pr- probably because the guy who played that molester I was in a play with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Glendale Center Theater. More on Glendale later. Um, but uh, um, this, again, like Bill Bryant, would be Lee's last film appearance as he died, as a heart, died from a heart attack soon after. Damn. Um, but if you want to see a truly great Lee Terry performance, uh, watch him in Hollywood Shuffle. Yes, sir. Um, which I favorites. think... Yeah, it's a great movie. It's funny as hell. It's still wildly relevant. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I think it's a film that just is not getting the amount of due. It is probably, I don't know that it's as available as it should be. No, um, it's not even. I don't, well, I think it has a Blu-ray, but I think it, it got pressed. And then right when I was going to try and get it, it was immediately out of print. I don't know what happened yeah, there. That's a bummer because I, I think that should be a, on in people's eyeballs a lot more than it should. I think mm-hmm. we'd be better off. Um, uh, Hollywood shuffle is fucking fantastic. I've been hoping for a long time. Cause I, on the criterion channel, they like to throw that movie on there a lot of times. So I was hoping that criterion might be putting it out at some point, but it's uh, been a couple of years now and they still ain't done it yet. Uh, fingers. There's gotta be some, cause he raised that the money for that. So weirdly. Oh, with the credit um, cards, with the credit cards. And uh, yeah, I have a feeling that there's a rights problem there, but it could um, be, could be, but listen, uh, harder movies uh, have been put out, including this, which has a very complicated Mm -hmm. rights history. So, you know, come on. Um, This isn't easy to find either. I was trying to, I had, cause I I, I meant to buy the Blu-ray. Kino is usually has it on sale and I didn't get Mm -hmm. it like I was supposed to. So I was like, all right, I'll just download the, I'll rent it or download it on Voodoo or something. You can't find it anywhere online. No. I'm like, what is this man? Like, I can look up, I don't know, like, <laughs> I can't think of a dumb movie off the top of my head. But I can look up the dumbest movie in the world and it's like streaming somewhere. But I'm like, this ain't? Yeah. Like, how is this not on Tubi? How is it not on Peacock? Because I do believe oh, that yeah. Universal owns a, a significant portion of it outright. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, I will I will have a in-depth uh, conversation about Universal's participation in this in our next segment because Uh-oh. because it's also very it's very slight as a comedic trope. So <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll we'll delve into some of these issues later. Uh, and the the final uh, young man we meet um, is simply listed as fan club president. What you're not <laughs> told is that he is the president of the David Hartman fan club. Hi. I'm president of the David Hartman fan club here in Glendale. I've even met David Hartman once. What a neat guy. Now, had you ever heard of Dan Hartman? See, now, I was going to ask you about this because I'm like, that name sounded familiar, but I'm like, this must be one of those timely references that I don't get as a 30-year-old. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know exactly who this is. No, uh, he David Hartman um, was a TV presence for a very long time, and I knew him growing up as the host of Good Morning America. Ah, okay. So, you know, if you can think of someone who uh, is as his finger on the pulse of the country, <laughs> David Hartman would never be it. Um, of course, my favorite part of this is that uh, the young man, Christopher Broughton, is the actor here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says that uh, he lives in Glendale, California. And so this means a lot to me because I grew up. In Glendale, California. Mm. I'm literally the age that Christopher <laughs> Broughton is supposed to be <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, that is my wallpaper. Oh, God. <laughs> um, very much looks like the bedroom I shared with my two brothers. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's that- close to home. <laughs> Yeah, there's a definitive lack of soul in all that's happening there. And that would define how I grew up, despite my knowledge of De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest. Um, At this time, I believe I haunted the warehouse music store. The amount of the hip hop section was Mm. an end cap. It was four stacks of cassettes high. Mm. And I uh, worked across the street at Chatham and Becker which was an appliance store and I would take my paycheck and I would go across the street and I would try to find whatever new hip hop album was coming out. I had no compunction, (laughs) just whatever came out. It was something that I would purchase in the hopes that it would be the next run DMC. I just hoped and dreamed. And sometimes it was big daddy Kang. You're like, Oh, this is great. Mm -hmm. I'm into this. And then sometimes it was the Fat Boys. You're like, oh, it's a dud. Ah, fat, I like the first Fat Boys album is good. Yeah. A, <laughs> I don't know. Some of those 808 beats are a little tinny. It's, uh, That's true, though. And they're not lyricists. Let's, no. let's put it that way. They're, they're they're a vibe. And there's nothing wrong with being a vibe. But There's definitely party um, raps. Yeah. 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 But it wasn't all that danceable an album. And then once they had that thing with chubby checker and the beach boys it was yeah. over for them yeah I, that's, they, they, i'm did, not a fan of that album either no 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 uh so <laughs> we have I, I think it should be noted like this is before any sort of conversation of code switching yeah there the acknowledgement that there is an, an implicit pressure on on black people to suppress Mm-hmm. Um, how they react and how they uh, celebrate and how they interact with the world for the comfort of the white majority. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's 
the point of the joke here, but it's certainly something that came across for me watching it now in the era of 2022. Oh yeah, definitely watching it. I thought the same thing because, well, like you said, back then, I don't even think that was probably a term that anybody had even thought of. No. Yet, but it definitely is now because I even told myself in the last, like, what, maybe seven years, I was like, I'm not doing it no more. Mm-hmm. They, they just going to have to deal with me. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I, I, worked, I worked at the hospital, I used to do it all the time. Well, I can't say that. Not all the time, but I did it sometimes. But, like, now, yeah. no, nah, forget you. I hair grown out and everything. Y'all be had to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess... Uh, again, uh, apologize for uh, the generations that preceded me. Uh, I'm only trying to to uh, to fix things going forward. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Schoolhouse Rock told me that if I personally wasn't racist, racism would end. Mm-hmm. And uh, turns out that was bad advice. Um, yeah. There was a bit more I had to do. So working on it now. Um, and of course, that means talking about Blacks without soul. (laughs) An idea conceived by white people, directed by white people, but Mm -hmm. starring almost entirely black people um, who make it come alive. Like every performance in this seems very authentic and committed Mm -hmm. to the bit. And it's, I always thought about it as a kid. Like, this was always one of the most memorable segments from when watching it back in the day. And then I come to find out, I was, like, reading comments on the YouTube videos and everything. And everybody was saying, like, you know, David Allen Greer is, like, the best part of the movie. And he's even over the credits, too. So he, they probably yeah. even thought the same thing. I mean, he is, with the exception of the Amazon Women on the Moon continuation, mm-hmm. is the one ongoing character. Well, that's not true, because Bullshit or Not comes back. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't have to worry about swearing when one of the titles of the segments requires you to swear. So yeah, I was gonna say I think the movie's already. We should be good, right? Yeah, we should be good. We should be fucking fine. Yeah, uh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> right to blacks without soul. Post office box thirteen oh five A, Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you. Um. Okay, Brent. Where can people find out what you are doing on these here internets and hear more from you? All right. If you want to hear more of me and my friend PJ, you can listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast. We put out new episodes every Friday. You can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just type in Home Video Hustle. We'll be everywhere. But more specifically, if you want to talk to me on Twitter, because that's where I'm most active at, you can follow us at capital H, capital V, capital H, capital P. Lowercase iCast, H-U-H podcast on Twitter. And yes, I have to say that because if I don't, some one of the listeners will tell me, hey, you didn't do the thing. I did the thing. <laughs> I got you. It's a new episodes every Friday. We don't talk about bad movies. We don't talk about good movies. We just talk about whatever movie we feel like talking about. There you go. This is the <laughs> attitude we like. Yes. Um, uh, as for myself, you can uh, find me uh, on the Kill by Kill podcast where we talk about horror's least discussed component the characters that die in every movie. We talk about them <laughs> in the order in which they pass away untimely. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at kill by kill pod. Um, and uh, there you can find our link tree to everything else. Uh, speaking of Twitter, if you want to uh, talk with uh, this particular show uh, and uh, continue the conversation, it is at a W O T M P um, Amazon women on the moon. Uh, pod, I guess. So A W O T M P, um, all capitals. 
and uh, tell us uh, what you're doing. Um, as of this recording, it looks like episode zero is out. So there, there's that. Yeah. Um, and so we will be back when we discuss uh, Don No Soul Simmons' uh, solo career <laughs> uh, when he he breaks out and uh, becomes a, a, an artist artiste unto himself. Um, but until then for Brent and myself, bye-bye everybody. Peace. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cherry. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cherry. Good luck will rub off when I shake hands with